I like the way you teach it. Not preachy. I like to listen up. Listen up, yeah. I like the way you teach it. Not preachy. I like to listen up. Listen up. I like the way you teach it. Not preachy. I like to listen up. I like the way you teach it. Not preachy. You better listen up. And welcome to another episode of Not Too Preachy, where you can be informed, inspired, comforted, and convicted, all from the Word of God, just not too preachy. Uh, If this is your first time, my name is Jason Brown. I'm your host. If this is your second or beyond time, then that means you are a not too preachy yourself, and that means you've been calling me JB. So from here on out, you can call me JB. I don't have a lot of shout-outs. I have one specific shout-out. Uh, many of you all saw it on my Facebook post yesterday where I posted the hottest chick in the game. And she's wearing my chain. All right. Yeah, that's from the Prophet Hove. All right. Jay-Z, Sean Carter, you know who that is. Uh, happy belated birthday to my wife, Adrian. Yesterday, she made 25 again. Y'all, can you believe that? She made 25 again. Uh, she is the female version of Benjamin Button, uh, except she's not going to continue getting younger because Benjamin Button eventually turned into a child, I think, if I remember the movie. Um, but it doesn't seem like she's aging. Uh, she is living proof that it is hard to crack black and she is not cracking at all. And when she's with me, she makes me look so much better. Uh, and you know you're going to see her again soon and she's going to join the Not Too Preachy table, uh, the blacktop. And you already know that she has great stuff to say. She has a marvelous sense of humor, uh, a, a witty personality, a million-dollar smile, and she has the insides to match. She is beautiful both sides. She loves her family. So, babe, from me to you, in front of the world, I want to say to you, happy 25th-some-odd-years birthday. All right? Y'all go ahead and give her a shout-out if you haven't done that. Hop in the comments and say happy birthday to my wife if you haven't done that already. That's shout-outs. Um, it's the month of February. So, what I'm going to do for the month of February is I'm going to always give... Um, for these next four sessions, a black history moment. A moment in black history is what I'll call it. But before I get to that, because I'm actually going to replace for this month the I'm Vexed segment with the moment in black history segment. But I do have to mention, and I'm vexed just briefly, because I vexed myself with my own action. And it wasn't really funny. I laughed at myself when I got into it, but it wasn't really all that funny, right? Uh, I found myself approaching a Facebook argument. Or Facebook back and forth. And um, I don't really, I'm not the back and forth guy. Uh, we're exchanging information. Even in the debate, we can, I like going back and forth as long as we're respectful and we're sharing information and we're learning or we're, or whatever. Even if we don't agree, I'm okay with that. I'm cool with the healthy discussion. But all the back and forth for the sake of going back and forth, I'm not really with it. And so uh, my cousin uh, posted a comment uh, about black history and celebrating black people. Um, and uh, her children being interested in black history and their culture. Well, why is that important? Well, my cousin is white, and um, other children have a black father. He's my first cousin, and so uh, they are really interested in really research and learn about their history and about their culture as black people. Um, 
and and some of the things that she said had to do with you know how how terrible it feels to have to have the conversation with her son as a, and her and her daughter as it relates to having to go um places and saying this is how you handle yourself around the police and so I saw some of the comments and like you know I was I was raised the same way the people are commenting I was raised the same way uh that you know you respect law enforcement and I I got in on it and I shouldn't have cuz I know where that takes me but I got in on it and I just made a comment I was raised the same way to respect uh, law enforcement, but also for the sake of saving my life. Um, and then somebody commented and was like, yeah, it is, uh, you know, I have the same conversation with my children, you know, about saving their life or, you know, you know, you fight the police in court like that. And I knew that was coming from one place and I was coming from a very different place. And then I decided not to get into the conversation because I'm tired of having that particular conversation and having to teach that thing that when I say that I'm going to be pulled over or my children are going to be pulled over by the police or when I was uh, dealing with that even as a younger age and even at the age of 44, approaching 45, that when I say I'm worried about saving my life, uh, it's because I'm at times in fear that this will be the day that this police officer decides that my life is not valuable for whatever reason, which, and we can't act like that doesn't happen. Like we haven't seen that. Uh, we've seen it all in 2020 and, and, and we're going to see it again some more in 2021. So we don't want to act like that kind of stuff doesn't happen. Uh, but the conversations that I have to have with my children and that my dad had with me and his dad had with them are vastly different um, from other cultures in particular white cultures because the way that police officers approach us uh, is just different uh, because of uh, whatever feelings uh, that some police officers, not all, some have uh, for when they see a black male or they see black skin um, that they feel however they feel whether in fear or whether they're infuriated uh, it's just different and I don't, I'd almost got into the conversation and almost got into the back and forth uh, but I exercised some discipline in that and did not bother. But it vexed me that I almost got into it and that I even commented because I was agreeing with what my cousin was saying. And somebody chimed in and they kind of spoke from a place where, okay, maybe they don't understand what I'm saying. But I just don't have the energy to explain that. Uh, the evidence is there. The research is there. It's in the books. Go check it out. That's the I'm vexed. And you probably won't hear another I'm vexed until March unless I got a real good funny one. But that bothered me that I almost found myself in a Facebook back and forth. And I don't do that unless it's something funny or inspiring. You ought to know that about me. And if you don't know, now you know. A moment in black history. Let's credit Dr. Carter G. Woodson for what we celebrate as Black History Month. Dr. Carter G. Woodson earned a, master, a master's degree from the University of Chicago and a Ph.D., uh, from Harvard. Uh, he was disturbed that history uh, textbooks largely ignored and did not talk about America's black population. And so he took on the challenge of writing black Americans into the nation's history. Uh, to do this, he established the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. And he also founded the group's widely respected publication, the Journal of Negro History. And in 1926, Woodson developed Negro History Week, again, Negro, Negro History Week. He believed, and I quote, the achievements of the Negro properly set forth will crown him as a factor in early human progress and the maker 
and a maker of modern civilization. Let me say that again. Dr. Woodson said this, The achievements of the Negro, properly set forth, will crown him as a factor in early human progress and maker of modern, modern civilization. In 1976, though, Negro History Week was expanded into the federally recognized Black History Month. So if you ever wanted to know where Black History Month came from, uh, visit Dr. Carter G. Woodson, who's also my frat brother, Omega Sci-Fi Incorporated, Fraternity Incorporated. Also, his quintessential writing, The Miseducation of the Negro, is a must-read for anybody who is into reading um, and into educational reading. Very good read, uh, research-based. Uh, even though it's old, it's actually still pretty relevant. One of my favorite books, and I actually pulled this out of my son's backpack. He's been taking it to school with him. I don't know if you're reading it, son, um, but the fact that you're carrying it around makes me proud. I hope you pick it up, and I hope you read it one day. And maybe we'll sit down and discuss it. A moment in black history. Let's shift a little bit. Let's get into the word, if you don't mind. Starting a new series called, Does Jesus Care? And, and I put an incomplete sentence out yesterday or today. Does Jesus care about dot, dot, dot? And I'm going to cover several different subjects over the course of this month. But tonight's subject is broad and specific at the same time. It can hit a lot of places and then zoom right in and hit like a dart on a bullseye. So tonight's complete sentence, or complete question rather, does Jesus care about our lives, our actual life, about us staying alive, about us living? Does Jesus care that we live? Seems general, but it fits in so many specific places. If you have an opportunity, Travel to Mark chapter 4. That's the second gospel of Jesus Christ. Matthew, then Mark. And it's the shortest one. One of the synoptic gospels. Fancy word. Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. You have a very famous story. But let me set it up for you real quickly. And it won't take long. At least I don't think so. As you know, I get when I get to talking about the word itself, I get excited. Let me give you the story. Jesus tells his disciples to get into the boats because we're going to go to the other side of the sea. They didn't know that on the other side of the sea, uh, he would run into a demoniac who called himself Legion because he had thousands of demons residing in him. So Jesus actually had an appointment, but they didn't know that. We know that because we have the scriptures. But Jesus said, let's get into the boat and we're going to go to the other side. So Jesus gets into the boat with his disciples, and then there's some other small boats uh, following him, possibly other disciples that were not named and may not be a part of the twelve, but there were other small boats following. And while in the sea, a great storm arose, a great windstorm, and uh, so much so that it began to rock the boat, and the waves were crashing, and water was going into the boat. They were taking in water, and it was a dangerous situation. Now, some of Jesus' disciples uh, were fishermen, so they're experienced um, boatsmen. They, they've been through this before, uh, but this one was particularly dangerous. Um, and it's kind of situated in a place um, where, you know, the winds can come down and, and just really stir up um, this sea, you know, with mountains on each side and the wind comes rushing in. It's a really, really a particular place that's ripe for this kind of situation. 
they are taking in water. Probably trying to get the water out of the boat so that they don't go under, so they don't capsize and possibly drown. And what is Jesus doing? Asleep. In the back of the boat. Jesus is taking a nap. It shows the humanity that he was actually physically tired. It's all God and all man, but he was actually physically tired. He was taking a nap. He was asleep. The winds are blowing. The waves are crashing. Jesus is asleep. The disciples are trying to get water out. And somebody had the bright idea to wake Jesus up. Everybody's trying to get this water out except Jesus. So somebody wake up Jesus, right? So they go and wake Jesus up and they ask this question. Teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? Don't you care that we're about to be obliterated? Don't you care that we're about to be destroyed? Don't you care that we are fighting for our lives and we are about to die? Don't you care about our lives? So Jesus gets up and says nothing to them at that point. But he rather speaks to the wind and the waves. And he says this famous phrase, peace, be still. But what does that mean? That means simply be quiet and get back in your place. I, I like to think that Jesus was like, I'm still trying to sleep. So the creator speaks to his creation and tells them to get back in their place. After the winds and the wave cease, then he turns to his disciples and says, where is your faith? The, the long part of that is, didn't I tell you that we're going to the other side? And if I say we're going to the other side, guess what? We are going to get to the other side. Where is your faith? He said to his disciples. And his disciples' response was like, what manner of man is this? Who, who is this God that even the winds and the waves obey? He'd already done miracles in chapters 1, 2, and 3, but then this miracle right here was mind-blowing to the disciples to where they didn't even address the problem that Jesus addressed. And the problem that Jesus addressed wasn't with the wind and the waves. That was the problem of the moment, but the bigger problem was their lack of faith. But, but what, what does that have to do uh, with us right now? What, what is Jesus saying, peace be still? What is Jesus being asleep and then being awakened and posed with this, this short prayer? Because that's what it is. It's a, it's a desperate cry. It's, 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 we don't, it, they didn't have time to, uh, here I am, uh, knee bent, body bowed, you know, face towards Mother's Earth, calling on your holy and righteous name. I'm, I'm glad last night wasn't my last night. I'm glad my bed wasn't my cooling board. I'm glad my sheets wasn't my winding sheets. Uh, you know, the once more and again prayer. You ain't prayed a prayer or heard a prayer prayed to you. heard an old deacon from his knees say once more and again. Once more and again. <laughs> once more. I'm, a, I'm an old church boy, so I heard those prayers once more and again. And then the now Lord. They didn't have time for all of that because in the moment they were about to perish. So the only thing they could do is cry out in desperation. Don't you even care? Not that we're out here trying to get water out of the boat. Don't you even care? Not that the winds and the waves are blowing. Don't you even care? Not that we're about to capsize. Don't you care about our lives? That we're about to die? Again, what, what does that mean? There, there are some times in our lives 
that things get so desperate that you don't have time for the long, drawn-out prayers. And sometimes you just got to cry out in desperation about your real concern, about your real need. That right now, I'm struggling. Right now, I'm having a... Right now, I need you to do something in my life because it doesn't seem... Have you ever been there before? Or maybe you're there right now to where it seems like... He, it seems like he just doesn't care. Like he, I pray this desperate prayer and he's not even responding to me. Uh, you, you look at your own loss and you wonder, does he care? You, uh, Jesus, I'm taking in water. I'm about to capsize. You look at your own personal tragedies and, and you ask this question, don't you even care? It's about to cap- I'm about to drown out here. Jesus, you, you, you look at your own struggles. Don't you even care? That I'm taking in water, that my boat is about to capsize. I'm trying everything I know how to do. And it doesn't seem like you're willing to match my effort. Like you don't even care, Jesus, this, this, this desperate cry. And I hear it so much over the last several years, and, and, and not even the last several years, but since 1619. Like, Jesus, don't you care? About black people? Because it seems like our boat has been taken in water since the boats brought us here. Don't you care? Don't you think black lives matter? It, it, it kills me. I'm trying, I'm trying not to take off. But, but it, 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 it kills me when there's so much pushback about that phrase, black lives matter. As if we're saying that no other lives matter. Is it true that other lives matter? Absolutely. But from my vantage point and from my black table and from my seat, from my experience, my culture has been taking on water for a very long time. And there are times when I ask that question, don't you even care? You see the injustice in the street by the powerful toward the oppressed. Don't you care? Sometimes it's desperate because I look at it and I have to explain this to my students and we have to talk about these things or to my children and me and the wife sit in the bed and we talk about these things and it seems like it's not getting any better and we're still taking in water and sometimes I ask, don't you even care? But the answer to that question is yes, he does care. Yes, your life matters. Yes, black lives do matter to Jesus Christ. Yes, your tragedy matters. Yes, your loss matters. Yes, your suffering matters. But sometimes we're expecting Jesus to respond to us. You want him to say something to you because you called out to him and we're expecting him to call back out to us. But let me tell you something right now in a very not too preachy moment that Jesus does not always talk to us about what he's doing concerning our problems, concerning our loss, concerning our tragedy, and even sometimes the injustice. What we forget is who it is that we're talking to sometimes. The truth of the matter, he does care. The truth of the matter, he has power to take care of it. But he won't always talk to us. Sometimes he'll talk directly to what's causing the problem. In that moment in the boat, what good would it have done to answer the question, disciple, yes, I care. That may have made him feel a little bit better, but we're still taking in water. The winds are still blowing. 
the waves are still boisterous, the boat is still rocking, and maybe Jesus is trying, the disciples are like, is he going to answer me? Instead, what he does is talk directly to the thing that's causing the issue. Let me tell you something. Do not believe for a moment, people that are watching Not Too Preacher tonight, that Jesus is not working in the background. I know people for a fact that have gone through tragedy and have come out on the other side only to realize that he had been working it out the entire time. Like this this weekend, I, I took a group of boys uh, on a retreat and all we did was goal setting. And I had young one young man who went through a horrific week and I wasn't sure if he was going to make it when I found out what happened and when he showed up. He said, Mr. Brown, you would not under, you not believe the week that I had. I said, yeah, your mom told me. He says, I didn't think I was going to make it. I said, but you did. You're here. You made it through whatever that tragedy is because he said, I'm going to get you to wherever it is that I'm taking you to. Who who begins a good work will finish it. He's going to complete it. If there's something that God has for you in your life, if there's a divine appointment, whatever you're going through, if you're taking in water, whether it be because of the injustice or whether it's just something personal going on in your life, he's going to get you to that place, that divine appointment to, to, to maybe liberate somebody, to use you as a vessel, to help somebody else, to get them to where they need to be, to stand on side of them when they're going through their own tra- tragedy. He's, he's going he's gonna to get you there. Our problem is our faith that we keep forgetting who's in the boat with us. That we don't, sometimes we not even call his name. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, somebody, wake up, Jesus, go call his name. And we're and we struggling because we just don't believe that he can actually do something about it. As a people, we are better off, but not by much. Like we're still taking in water, but there are some things that have changed. And I'm, I don't have the time to go down that train because there's still so much work to do, right? But I'm here to say that Jesus does care, right? And it's not even just black people. He cares about everybody's life. He cares about everybody's life. We have the believers, a faith problem, that we forget who's in the boat. And then we sometimes think that in our prayer life, he's obligated to answer us when he may be working in the background. He may be addressing the issue that you cried out to him about. And you won't know it until he shows up and says, peace be still. And then by the time he finishes saying still, you're going to be at that divine appointment. I don't know how long your boat ride is going to be. The boat ride for black people has been a long time. I don't know if, if, if I'll ever see where we need to be and where we want to be as a people. Have we made progress? Absolutely. Ask Barack Obama. Ask Kamala Harris. Absolutely. And that's just to name the ones that are obvious. But do we still have a ways to go? Yeah, because we have not arrived. And even in your personal life, you still have a ways to go. You haven't arrived. I haven't arrived. But I believe that the times where I feel like Jesus ought to be saying something and it seems like he's silent, I have faith in him that he's working on the thing that I can't handle. The disciples couldn't handle the elements because they didn't create them. Jesus can. See, we do what's possible. 
Jesus takes care of the impossible. Two words tonight. He cares. He cares. That's all I have for you tonight. I told y'all we're going to keep you long. And I hope you tune in next week. It's going to be the same place at the same time uh, with the same energy. Maybe even more because I'm excited about where this series is going to go. So I hope you share with your friends. I hope you tell them that this is a great place to go to be informed, inspired, confident, and convicted from old JB. Uh, you can follow me um, here through social media. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I do a little bit on Twitter. Uh, J Brown 4142 on Instagram. Mr. 4142 spelled out. Mr. 4142 on Twitter, but I don't tweet that much. Uh, but definitely what I really want you to do is go over to YouTube. The name of the channel is Motivated by JB. And subscribe. I'm learning this YouTube world. It's a lot of work, so I still have a lot of stuff to put in. But I need you to go and subscribe and then tell your mama to subscribe. subscribe and then you're aiming them to subscribe. I need you to go over there, Motivated by JB. And I need you to subscribe. Going to be some new content that you won't see on Facebook coming up before 2021 is over. Especially for our young people because that's where my heart is. My true heart is to help young people grow and the people that serve them, I want them to grow as well. So if you have anything like that where I could be of some use or some service to your young people or to the people that you're around that serve young people, I'm your guy. Give me a call. We can work something out, whether it's training or speaking or even group coaching. I can do all of those things for you. With that being said, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. And this month, take some time out to learn something new about the influence of black people, not only in this nation, but in the world. Peace, y'all.